0: So this is a part two. Um, this is a part two. So if you happen to miss part one, it's not like you're gonna be lost and you're gonna miss everything. And it's, uh, but if you did, if you didn't get the chance to listen to part one, uh, Spotify, right? Spotify, or I think it's probably on the church website. I imagine as well. Um, I got a chance to listen to it on Spotify and criticize myself harshly, but that's all good. I mean, I'm saying that not because I want your sympathy for me harshly criticizing myself, but it's just like to say, it's like, hey, dude, these are good things to listen to, I think, to that helps us to grow. Um, and it helps the guy who delivers them to grow too in the way he presents things. Um, and I want to say, echo um, Scotty's happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to the dads. Um, there are so few things that this world celebrates right now that are good, but when they do celebrate something good, it is good for us to join in and say, yes, amen, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate the things that are the good things, the things that come from God. And in the opportunity we have to celebrate those things, point them to the God who made the good things that that uh, they're celebrating, even if they don't understand or know what all that means So if you'll look at the first part of this, the outline that's in front of you, the the notes, you notice that finding is is scratched out and pursuing is put in place. And that's on purpose, because I I think that sometimes we treat the the will of God or, or life with God as not something to be pursued, but something we just kind of Happen into. It's just something that we just like, we're just rolling along and it's all, it's all choreographed. It's all, it's all outside of what we can or can't do. And we just kind of stumble into things. And that is not the sense of what God is saying at all about our lives. And especially as believers, he's called us to pursue and do his will. Last week, we talked about the general will of God, the will of God for all, to to bring glory to him, to to know him, to be known by him, and to make him known for his glory. So that was that was sort of the, the headline, the, the big picture thought for last message. This one, the big picture is this, and it's the first it's the first line. On the, on the outline. The will of God is the treasure. The word of God is the map. And X doesn't mark the spot. The will of God is the treasure. The word of God is the map. X doesn't mark the spot. And to bring this from last week to this week, from the, from the general will of God to the specific, um, I want to share with us, I want us to, to read together, or I'll read you, follow along from Colossians chapter three, verses one to seventeen. Colossians. 1 to 17. if then you have been raised with Christ and I'll stop if then you have been raised with Christ so who is he talking to? Believers. he's he's talking to God's kids. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. So, just really quick. If you're a believer, you know Him and He knows you, seek the things that are above. Set your minds, set your minds on things that are above. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. You have been made different. Now, we're going to get here in just a second. More of the, the pictures of some, some of the lists that Paul runs back and forth with each other, right? He, he will run lists that will oppose one another. It's like, flee this, pursue that, and then there'll be lists. Right? But we're gonna, we're gonna see some of these lists and see how, how they kind of tag into or tie into how we made some progression last time we walked through the general will of God and how this gets us to the specific will of God but he gives these he gives these lists and tells us to pursue things and he says this in here that your your life is hidden with Christ you you are a new creature now try to illustrate this briefly apart from Christ apart from Christ we're all dirty apart from Christ we're we're filthy rags right now going to a scripture that says all our righteous acts are like filthy rags right familiar not nod, just nod. Maybe even smile. I don't know. It it helps. That say some smiles. Are you just smiling because I said to smile or okay. Distracting myself. So the blood of Christ applied. You belong to him. So it's not righteous acts that you're trying to do things that are What makes God happy? Earn His favor? Get someplace? Because that's the filthy rags. It's like this; it has no value. But when Christ, His blood is applied, I want you to get in mind the filthy rags, and I want you to think of it like when you wash something that's dirty. There is a detergent that's added in water, right? Everybody, like, I mean, I've messed up some things when it comes to how to to wash stuff. You can ask Carrie, no, this goes in first and not that. So if I make this illustration sound wonky, my apologies. But I think I've got this right, okay? But you have water and detergent. Now that detergent, what it does is is designed to... Break down the dirt and release it from the fibers. Right? You don't want to put the wrong stuff in the wash because you burn the fibers up and then you pull out tatters and oh boy, I think I did the wrong thing. Done that. Uh, our dryer has done that before. Where you pull it out, it's like though well, it used to be a good shirt. But you, we want when things are, when things are cleansed, the, the detergent is applied and the dirt is busted loose, essentially, from the fabric. But the dirt's still there, right? It's just not in the fabric anymore, it's released from it. So then the next step is rinsing, right? The rinsing takes place. So we rinse that and that moves the dirt away and then it's washed down the drain right we've had some things that are persistent stains that you know it's like the the dirt's released from the fibers but in the in the washing it just kind of like man it's just it's just right there lots of rinsing needs to pl- take place to illustrate what i'm saying is the blood of Christ applied is much more effectual than just a detergent that washes. You understand what I'm saying when I say that? It's much more, the illustration isn't enough to say what the blood of Christ does. It's not a temporary process of washing. No, the blood of Christ applied pulls those, pulls that dirt away from the fabric. And it, it is prevented by God from getting back into the fabric and making you dirty all over again, and you have to go through the whole process of receiving the blood of Christ. That is, that is not that is not the design and work and the power of the Holy Spirit. That cleansing work that takes place. So, kind of like trying to get us back into the context of the Scripture, and and how Paul's lists. Work in our lives, the dirt has been broken away from us. The sin that was there has been pulled away, following sort of a clothing illustration or maybe maybe furniture cleaning illustration that fits this scotch guard you ever heard of that scotch guard people do scotch guard and you clean something or get something brand new and you I don't know, if you hose it down with Scotchgard, I don't know, spray it down with a can of stuff. Not recommending Scotchgard, because it's probably full of weird chemicals that would kill you later or eventually. But the concept is there. This, the Holy Spirit comes in and dwells us. And He fills all the fabric of who we are with Himself. The presence of God. In light of being filled with the Holy Spirit, then it becomes much more evident what dirt is, right? Like before Christ, I had a moral understanding. Mm, this is wrong. Maybe this is uh, there's just something wrong about what I'm doing, thinking, acting. But I, you know, maybe I just try harder. But it didn't really seem like such a big deal to have those things because everybody else is like this too. I mean, everybody else does bad things. And compared to everybody else, I'm kind of okay. But when Christ saved me and the Holy Spirit came in, it's like the dirt was lifted and it just became a whole lot more evident. Oh wow, that's in there. Like that was that was what was in and that's what's still around. So when God gives us, when when Paul gives these lists that I'm about to go through, there is a picture of what happens here that God is showing us. It's like the light of the Spirit shows what's been busted away from the fabric. And he's saying, wash these things. Rinse these things with the water of the Word and flush them away from your life. Get them out of the water. Get them away from the fabric. Get them far, far away. So just to kind of bring some context or idea around what we see when Paul gives these lists. is telling us, hey, this stuff was there, and it's been forgiven. Such were some of you, and here it is. Attack it deal harshly with it don't be afraid to get aggressive with dealing with this junk because it's just dirt and get rid of it so set your mind on things that are above not on things that are earth verse 5 in light of okay in light of what we see we are, our lives are hidden in Christ with God in light of that verse 5 put to death therefore Seeing that the dirt has been broken loose from the fiber of who you are, the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek or Jew, or Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, city, and slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. And now he says, put on then And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And before I read 17, I want to say like, what you have just heard is sort of like this Bible wrap-up of what I was trying to, to bring out last week. Like all the pictures of know God, be known by Him, make Him known right the the general will of god that we you know do justice love mercy love kindness walk humbly with him the action words of dealing with what you once were compared to what he's calling you to and all the things that draw us into putting off the old stuff and grabbing hold of the new so herein is the, in all these things you feel and hear and see, or I feel and hear and see the general will of God for all of His kids, for all of His kids to walk in. The patterns of life. And in and in those patterns, repentance. And in those patterns, the the picture of course correction. Always seeing where you are. And knowing where he's calling you to be and adjusting daily. And some days, probably some days, moment by moment, because the road's a little bit, it's a little foggy where you're driving. But now we transition to where I have the, the concept of the specific specific will of god verse 17 and whatever you do in word or deed do everything in the name of the lord jesus giving thanks to god the father through him the the whatever of Colossians 3.17, from your notes. The whatever of Colossians 3.17 is the focus of this message. The whatever is the focus of this message. And so when I'm speaking of the specific will of God, when I'm saying those things, that's the reference that I'm pointing to, the specific. And it's it's in that word, Whatever. Whatever you do, whatever you do, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. It is doing it for His will, for His purposes, for His glory. Whatever you find to do. And there's... Bonus thought. Bonus thought. Like the general will of God, the specific will of God is not just for the young. Like the general will of God, the specific will of God is not just for the young. The the world indoctrinates us this way. Find the one thing early because this is all you get find your one thing early and you've got to find that thing because there's only one of them right well you're gonna go pick a spouse there's the right one and if you pick the wrong one <laughs> i mean it's gonna go bad right I'm, I'm hoping that nobody's out there going, oh man. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. You know, I hope nobody's got that story where you're, where you're saying, "Mm, you know, I should have listened to my mom, you know, or whatever. I, I'm thankful I don't have that story, but it wasn't because Carrie's the one. She was the one. And if I'd have missed her, if she'd have missed me, life would have been messed up. I mean, I would say that now because I just kind of want to feel really good about myself and say, man, if you hadn't chose me, you'd have been messed up. Or, the worst of that is, like, if you hadn't chose me, man, your life would have been so much better. I'm sorry. Right? You don't want to be that guy. But we're... We're kind of told if you don't find that one job that does the thing that you're going to just jump into and settle into and be your whole life because this is it. And once you make that decision, you're 30 years and out, or 40 or 50 or whatever, or, 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 or. And don't you you see that if you have the mindset that this is it, how easy it is to get in that place? And, and how easy it is to say, God, there's only one thing for me, and if I miss it, what, what, what's gonna happen? And God above it all is, we, we do tend to kind of think of it like fate. We're fated to be in these certain things, and if, you know, oh, well, no choice, well, you know, well, we're destined to be together. I mean, like, romantically, it's played out all, we're just destined to be together. I know that she's my density. You know, You've seen back to the future, you'll get that one. My density. Now I'm the density. that's not the problem. And we do this stuff we've got all the time, and we, and, it's, and we can we can make fun of it and we can laugh about it when it comes to like you know different things in a relationship. Comedians do it all the time, play off you know just the relationship foibles. But how much do we do that in with our lives? How much pressure is that? How much pressure does it put on you as a especially as a young person? You got to find the thing and do the thing because that's all you get and you have so many years and and then you're going to get old. And then you're not going to be able to do that thing anymore and you're just going to have to retire and quit and just sit somewhere. Or okay, maybe you don't get old. Oh, something happened and you 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 were you got broken or <laughs> you went broke. <laughs> or Or circumstances happen and it didn't work out like that. Or you got sick. Or Oh, well, I guess the will of God is kind of like specific will of God is gone. I mean, just just walk around in the general and just be good. That is not the sense of what the Scriptures say to us. That is the sense of what the world tells us it means to live this life here. And they tell us to live it from a frame of reference that is finite. You've got this much, maybe, and then pff, you're out. You're done. You're it's over. And if you missed it, you've missed everything. And 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 we adopt that. You understand? We adopt that mindset. And so, like, okay, I'm 55, and some would—I mean, that's that's young now. <laughs> it used to be that was ancient. Now it's young. I'm 55. I'm I'm young. And some 20s going like, no, you're not. Dude, you're old. Well, my mind is not old. It could be good. That could be bad. But would I want to diminish what God could do with a life that is His by establishing timelines to its effectiveness? Would I want to do that? Absolutely not. Would I want to set those limits around what the infinite God can do with a finite time in this place? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's too much pressure in find the things or your life is ruined. If our one thing Is not a thing or a person or a job or stuff. If our one thing is not a thing but God Himself, if God is our one thing, don't the life possibilities open up quite a bit? Because if He's our one thing and the choices become and the opportunities become bigger. Then just, I got this narrow little thing I got to try to negotiate. And if I fall off, it's rocks on either side. Like I had a video I was going to show, and it's like, it would have been in jail over here, so maybe that's probably not a good idea. But if I miss one, I misstep one way, plummet to your final doom. And that is not the way the Word of God spells out life. It's not. Oh, you blow it. Goodbye. You, you, believer. Get me. Believer. You, you miss this opportunity with this person, with this event, with this thing, and it's over for you. I'm sorry. You're just stuck here. If I could, I, I don't know if I can count on both hands how many times that personally I've been in a space where I said, well, this is it. This is the most money I'll ever make. This is the best job I'll ever get. And this is the only way I'm ever gonna. And. Another job comes along that's better. Or (laughs) the company folds up the doors and moves someplace else. Or any number of things, and you're like, oh, okay, well, obviously I didn't see this. But isn't through those circumstances God saying, just stop doing that with stuff? Just stop. Just stop trying to, to, to pin me to some timeline that fits what you can understand. Walk in newness of life and find the freedom that I will give to you to follow me wherever, wherever. And listen to and see the general will of God is holding us to a course of heart. But the specific will of God is, is drawing us to search, pursue the treasures and the opportunities He has in store. Scripture challenges us to change our mindset. Another one of the points there. Scripture challenges us to change our mindset. Romans 12.2 Do not be conformed to this world, but be Transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Scripture challenges us to change our mindset from that of a fixed and finite, faded, determined, worldly perspective of how we walk out this life and make our choices to the life of freedom and opportunity that God will give us to walk this out pursuing what He calls to us in general and searching for the opportunities that He would give in specific. The pursuit of God's treasures. I want to share like briefly. The pursuit of God's treasures... It doesn't seem like a very long time ago, but actually it probably was a very long time ago, 30-some, 30-some years ago. I was in this place of, Lord, what do you want to do with my life? And looking for some specifics. Like, there seems to be options somewhere in here, and I don't know what to do. And hear this out. Which one is the one? Right? Which one is the one? Like I'm picking a car or something. Oh, Lord, show me a car that will get 800 million miles and 85 miles to the gallon. I'm speaking your language today, right? 85 miles to the gallon. And it will never break down. I'm sorry, Jesse but it will never break down, it will never need to be repaired, and the oil will never need to be changed because it just will renew itself daily. Show me that thing, Lord, so I can find that one. Like, that sounds ridiculous, but but have we not heard that? Have maybe some of you done that? I mean, I know I have, I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm hoping that I'm not alone here in saying that I have done that about some things. Show me that car, Lord, that's going to be the one. <gasps> I've just seen 13 of those cars today. That's a sign that I must get this car. Or whatever. Go out and buy that car on the, this is the will of God that I get this car. And then it breaks down. Oh, great. I miss the will of God. I did. I miss the will of God. I should have prayed more. I should have asked more for God to show me how to do because it broke. I mean, that's not. this is not, this is, the sign was not supposed to lead me to this. This isn't the perfect will of God. Come on, look at this. And doesn't that limit our hope in our spectrum of view to just the thing? Does that not rob us of the thankfulness that we're called to have? in all of these scenarios? Doesn't, us, doesn't that kind of make us look at God wonky? And doesn't that cause us to kind of miss the adventure that He really is laying out for us and choices that we make one way or the other? It's like uh, you can't always do something about the things and what they, how they perform or how they don't. But what you can do is something about this thing up here and how you look at them. What you can do is let your mindset be changed. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that when you see something happens like, Oh, I felt like this was the one and I got this one. And then it broke. It's like, well, that's an opportunity for me to trust God in how, how he's going to get this car of his fixed. Cause it's his. He gave it, and I have it because He gave it, you know. Now, trust me, you've made a pursuit in a wonky way or kind of got drifted off course because you're looking for the one and the thing. But wouldn't it rather be better in the first place that we go, hey, God, you know, I I really I want this, and and I need wisdom. I'm going to go ask some people some questions, do a little research, Kind of figure out what's gonna fit kind of like what we're gonna use it for, and like is there a reason behind why I want to get this thing that speaks of something in my heart that is not wanting to follow you but wanting to impress others? My motivation and my reasons for wanting to to go this route aren't correct. Anyway, in that place, one two. Uh, a college, uh, Bible college recruiter was coming to town. Carrie and I met with him at uh, in a little deli. Sat down at a table and we're like, "How do we do this?" Went through this whole process and still troubling and puzzling. Do I do this? It's going to take a lot of money, or do I stay this route? Get a job and kind of work into being the bivocational pastor thing over here, or what do I do? So we met with him, and that Sunday, we went to the church where he was preaching, visiting and preaching. And I was so, I remember, I still see the pictures in my head of like being there that day. Went up to the church, walking to the sidewalk, and there he was, and here's my chance. I need to ask this guy, how do I find the will of God? How do I find the will of God? And he didn't give me this any kind of just pat answers. But he stopped on the steps and he said three things. And that's what I'm going to share with you this morning. So so that you hear me say these things, they didn't like I didn't like sit around all night and dream these things up or weeks and weeks and no, this this came from a man giving me what I truly believe in reference to Scripture, biblical counsel for pursuing the specific will of God. So I want to share it with you. This is the counsel we got. All the points go hand in hand. It's not pick and choose. To isolate them off and make one you know more important than the others, they all work together. Number one, is it a true desire. Is it a true desire? It's not a whim, not a, not a kind of like, well, I think today I would like to be, you know, a rancher, and tomorrow I'd be kind of cool if I was, you know, uh, a paratrooper. You know, it's not whim things, it's 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 like there's there's something that kind of stirs in your heart it's like I really I really desire these these things. I really want to go this direction. A What wakes you up and keeps you up? And I'm talking and I say what what wakes you up and keeps you up. I'm not talking like I'm talking in a good way, not like a panic attack, right? Like there are things that are what that wake us up and keep us up and they're not pleasant things. <laughs> Oh, what do I do? No, the room is spinning and I can't, I can't shut my thinking off. No, I'm talking about in a good way. Like, I can't wait to get up this morning because this is in front of me. Like, I just delight in kind of these things and they really stir my heart. Or you lose track of time. You're so, you're so involved in doing some of these things that it's just like, Someone says, Hey, are you gonna come to bed? It's like two in the morning. Oh my I just totally got lost in this. And I'm wow, okay, yeah. That was just that was just it's just been so good. So what wakes you up and keeps you up? What are you what are you good at? Like, what are you good at? And 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 maybe add a little more to that or or you want to become better at? It's not just that you're you're good at it, but you just want to become better at it. It's like you're like I want to I like this, I enjoy this, I really want to get better at it. And see what are the people who truly love you affirming in your life? What are the people who truly love you affirming in your life? And I'm not just talking just random people. I'm saying people who will give you good news and bad news about where you are in life. People who truly care about you and where you're going and what you're doing. What are the people who truly love you affirming in your life? I'm also talking about people with biblical wisdom, okay? If you've surrounded yourself with immature or worldly friends... Scripture says you will suffer harm. And when it comes to seeking the will of God, that's definitely where you will be harmed by being the Bible says the companion of fools suffers harm. But I'm talking about people with biblical wisdom, people who truly care about you and are not afraid to say, ah, this is I just I know you're saying this, but I just don't see it. Or I know you're saying this, but this is not a wise choice, right? And then D, what are you willing to sacrifice for? Delayed gratification isn't a bad thing. What are you willing to sacrifice for? It's like I, I know because I, I my heart is stirred to go this direction to do these things and pursue these skills and talents or or again what you're good at these gifts that God has laid out for me. I'm willing to do, you know, something that might be hard right now. Or uninteresting compared to, but I'm willing to do this because, because I, I I know my heart. I want to do that. And that also plays into that. Is it a true desire? Not just something that, oh, something goes wrong. You're like, well, I'm done. I'm moving on to something else. It's like, no, I really, I really feel that there, there are giftings. There is stirring in us. And there is people who say, I see that in you, and you're willing to sacrifice to go there. Second point, second point, is your whatever biblical? Is your whatever biblical? And that is the whatever that I refer to in Colossians three seventeen and whatever you do in word or deed do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through Him is your whatever biblical I feel this strong desire to rob banks I just feel like that that would just I'm gifted at stealing and so I'm really good at these kind of things I mean I I, I took stuff out of my mom's purse and she never noticed you know it's like um <laughs> problem problem. Dude, that's not biblical what- what of love compels you to do this? That's no, no, just no, okay, so is it biblical? now and that may be like obvious. Hey, does it line up with scripture? and I'm talking about the plain reading of scripture. Not some nuance of wording that we figured out how to pull this verse out of context and lay it over here and, and grab this over here and, and put it over here and then say, okay, see, 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 that's, I, I, because I made these things go together, then I know that God wants me to do this ridiculous thing. It's like, "Mm, no, that's, no, okay, no, no. Well, how many have done this? I'm guilty. I'm going to say it. Gideon's fleece. Right? I'm put out a fleece. Now, if you read the story of Gideon, you're going to see that it was not stellar moment for Gideon. Okay, okay God, let, let, let's try this way then. We're going to, this, dry here and wet here. And, mm, okay, that was dry here and wet there. Okay, well, uh, uh, how about wet here and dry here? And how about this and how about that? And, and it's like, that did not show... That wasn't like this this continuing thing that God said, from here on out, put that fleece out there. That's that's what that verse, that's what Scripture It's So like you lay the fleeces out, and if I make it wet or make it dry, that's how you're going to find out what my will is. It's like, no, he was talking about Gideon was weak of faith. And he kept needing these signs. I need this sign to show me something, because I'm just not sure that's you. And it's like, I don't know, an angel of the Lord wasn't enough? Like, really? And it just tells me, no, actually it wasn't. And I think for some of us, sometimes if we want to do something a certain way or don't want to do something, the angel of God is not going to be enough to change this scenario for us. Not just some twist of words to make something make sense. context is key when we're studying the word of God to understand what God wants us to do and how he wants to pursue it. Context is key. From the smallest context all the way out to the whole picture, context of the word and it gets back to the general will of God. Do we do are we doing the things that line up with his word? Can you be? Can you pursue it and do it in Jesus name? Can you pursue it and do it in Jesus' name? And I'm not just saying that the sprinkling of the words in Jesus' name over it, like we, like we end prayers and stuff. I'm not just saying it's like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come up with some really off-the-wall, out-of-context-with-Scripture thing, but then just going to throw in Jesus' name over it as if that's going to cover Bad choices? Not neglecting what the word says, neglecting the counsel of those who are also steeped in the word. You know what I'm saying? Can you pursue it and do it in Jesus' name, and holding the honor to His name that is due? Then the third thing, final, final. Does God give you the opportunity? Does God give you the opportunity? Do the doors open for that, for you to pursue that thing? Do the doors open? And sometimes it's step by step. Sometimes it's just like, and God opens a door for you to pursue this a little further. And then more choices become available. And then we go into the same thing. We pray and we're looking and we're seeking, right? sometimes it's step by step and seeking or pursuing indicates persistence are we persistent in seeking what the lord has in store for us are we seeking or pursuing are we are we are we persisting in lord Show me I want to hear from you and see the opportunities that you give. Now if you notice on the outline, each, there's, there's points on each one and there's a little asterisk by each one of those lines. If you see those in there, just a little asterisk kind of stuck up there. Put those things together. That's the, the, that's the final line there that's got those three three blanks you put those asterisks together just like as they occur boom 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 seeking the specific will of god summed up in somewhat in three words desire biblical opportunity desire biblical opportunity when we desire biblical opportunity, it brings God glory because we're pursuing what is brought out of His Word and applied to how we're walking. It brings Him glory when we do what He says going toward whatever our life will have in it, whatever He brings, whatever happens in this world, if if we are desiring biblical opportunity, we are bringing Him glory. And when He says pursue, He is drawing us into the treasure hunt. He is drawing us into the treasure hunt. It never stops because his resources are l- limitless just think for 1 second i'll try to make it just a second that had there not been the fall like i've heard people kind of run this run this picture somewhere well, if not been the fall this whole world would be way overpopulated there'd be Bazillions of people and there wouldn't have been enough resources and uh, so that's not even a possibility. It's like, whatever. You know, that's the, that's the atheist. I don't believe in God kind of viewpoint to, well, that's not even a possibility. You know, how could God have done something like this? Because it, they would overpopulate the earth and there wouldn't be enough and everything. And it's like, you know, it's the first thing that we ran out of at the fall was enough, right? The first, the first thing we missed. Was enough. Because God was enough. The garden was enough. And everything was enough. The first thing at the fall is like, nothing's enough. What is our biggest, what is our biggest fear and our biggest fight right now? Enough. So we just want to, God, God, well, God, this couldn't have worked because God wouldn't have and couldn't have and blah, blah, blah. And what, that's like, I just, I just want to go like, that's just ridiculous. But there are ways that sounds extreme what I just said about, you know, overpopulation and all this silliness. But how much do we do that? Like, how much do we say, "God, I, you know, I'm, I'm, this, I'm this old. You can't do that with me. I don't have these things, so therefore, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to pursue here. I'm not. I don't know what I'm supposed to go after because, look at this is all I got." Does not God call us to listen to Him and believe Him for everything? That he would bring to us. And I, and I'm hoping that doesn't sound in any way like some charismatic sort of name it, claim it, you know, whatever you want, go after it. And because God's going to have, he owes you all this. And it's like, no. But there is so much that God would fill our lives with if we would change our mindset and stop throwing everything against the framework of the world that we live in and where things are, and trust His Word, and believe that His resources are limitless, and believe that His heart toward us is good, And that He will lead us to do things that bring Him glory and honor and also give us joy. We won't always be happy, but to give us things that will fill us with joy because we have lived to pursue things, went after the treasure that He's laid out and said, Find it. Find the good things that I have to offer. Pursue them pursue godliness go after me don't just shrink in the shadows and say well I, I, this is all there is so here i am i just we're just going to make do I'm just going to get by no pursue him there's so much treasure finally we are not gingerbread people There's not a one-size-fit-all. We are all stamped out of something, and here's, okay, this group goes to this job, this group goes to this job, and this group goes to that job. Okay, that's all your choices. Do you know what I believed about ministry? No one, feeling I was called to it? I believed that I only have uh, just a handful of choices. Like, I can either be a pastor, or I could be a missionary. Well, I don't know, that's kind of about it. Right? I mean, if I'm going to follow the Lord to that ultimate thing, right? If I'm going to do the ultimate follow-the-Lord thing and be the devoted and sure, whatever, it's either going to be be a pastor or, or be a missionary. And what has God had me do in all these years? I've been an electrician. I prayed to God asking him, Lord, show me. I want to know your will. I want to pursue the things and what opportunity to bring to me? A wireless internet company? Okay, God, you're blowing my paradigm here. I'm thinking ministry. Come on, church in a Pastor in the office and the study and all the things that I know, my heart just stirs up. Come on, that's the thing. Do that. that. This does not look and then in all those things I see what God did to teach me things and give me opportunities to minister to people in ways I never would have imagined. If I did it what I thought, hey, there's the choices, it's this or that. I don't I'm no offense, but I don't want to go anywhere. I like Living in Fredericktown? I <laughs> don't want to go to the other side of the world. I mean, I, I'll go, Lord, if you send me, but I sure don't like the places. <laughs> and it's not because places aren't good and God doesn't call people there. It's just like, it's just me. I don't like places. I like home. I used not think I was such a homebody, but I know that I am. There's no secret formula. There's no plugging these numbers to the formula. And Viola, your best life. Change and challenges will come. But in Christ, there's treasure everywhere. In Christ, there's treasure everywhere. There's opportunities everywhere to pursue and to do His specific will. Never cease pursuing God's will. Never. Never retire. Never retire. Never quit. There is no Scripture anywhere that says, and at some point you get to be done, and you can just kind of coast. In every way, every day, no matter what stage of life you find yourself in, even if the resources are not working like they used to. I know that. I wake up injured going, really? I didn't do anything but slept last night. Okay, there's some limitations to some of this, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't stop me from pursuing the will of God and looking and desiring biblical opportunities to do just even more. Had God not, had not been for the fall, they just, there's no end of things that people would have done. No end of the resources and the experience of them would have been there. And we are not citizens of this world. We are citizens of His world, His kingdom. And in his, his presence is fullness of joy, right? With Him, we will be in that limitless time without end to praise Him forever. Now, I don't necessarily know what that looks like or can conceive it around the throne. You know what this concept, it will be around the throne forever, praising Him. But there'll be a new heavens and a new earth. So I kind of think that there'll be something that we will live on and that every day, no matter where we are or what we are doing, it will glorify Him. And there will not be another thought that doesn't. Or another activity or action or exploration of that kingdom that doesn't match His will and doesn't glorify Him. And I get excited about that bigger picture. And I know right now, today in this world that we live in, that is fallen, yes, I want to live with that mindset. I want to live with that mindset that says the possibilities with God are endless. The things that he can accomplish with his kids, they're they're endless. And with all my heart being willing to pursue the treasures that are here for us to grab a hold of. And I don't don't want to confuse you with treasure meaning money. It's so much, good night, it's so much bigger, so much bigger than finances and stuff. So much bigger, so much fuller than trinkets that'll end up in a yard sale or a junk pile or burned up or worth nothing. Let's pray. Father, I know that You have stirred a lot of stuff in, in me to look to You and to stop bracketing life with my circumstances and live in a world that You have created in Christ to know You, and to pursue every opportunity that You bring for Your glory. May that be our heart in going into this world. May that be the kingdom that fuels our ministry to those who are yet to be Yours. May that be our heart May that be our focus. May that be our joy to pursue Your will and the opportunities that You bring. There's so much more I know that You will say than I could ever. And I know that You will speak to hearts through this because Your Word speaks it. And not just be My words, but Your Word. May that be what moves us, Your Word. May we open our eyes to see Your Kingdom come and Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven.